It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we've talked about it on this podcast. I know I've talked about it with my friends and fellow LSU fans, and I'm sure you've talked about it too. Our predictions and our expectations for LSU in 2022, and it's a very intriguing conversation to have considering all of the newness surrounding this team. But what I don't think I've done enough of is projecting the long-term future, not just 2022. What does 23 and 24 and 25 look like for LSU? Well, Adam Rittenberg of ESPN.com did that for us. So I will give my thoughts on Adam Rittenberg's list as a whole and where he had LSU projected to finish in the next three years. So we'll break that down plus so much more on today's edition of Locked on LSU. You are Locked on LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you all for making Locks on LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube as well. So make sure to check out the YouTube page, Locked on LSU. I'm your host, Caroline Fenton, as I am every day. I'm an LSU graduate, and I now host a sports talk radio show for ESPN 1025 The Game in Nashville, Tennessee. I also want to let you all know that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has got you covered this season. They've got more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So I want to get into this article that I found on ESPN.com by Adam uh, Adam Rittenberg, who is an ESPN College Football Insider at ESPN. I saw the headline and it said, College Football's Top 25 Future Power Rankings. So this is essentially crystal balling what college football will look like, not just in 22, not just in 23 or 24 or 25 or so on and so forth, but what does the next three years, what does the long-term outlook of college football look like? Who will be running the gauntlet within the next three years. And I have a lot of thoughts on this list as a whole, and I'm going to get into that later on in the show. But first, what I want to do is focus in on LSU. Because, of course, the first thing that I did whenever I opened up this article was I scrolled straight to LSU, Control-F, LSU, looked for LSU in that article, and I was admittedly a little surprised to see LSU sitting at number 10. So this is Adam Rittenberg's very brief synopsis of the detailed reasoning why he put LSU at number 10, projecting LSU to be the 10th best team on average over the next three years. He starts by saying the correlation between talent and performance doesn't always sync up at LSU, which is 11 and 12 since it's 15 and 0 national championship season of 2019. Now I don't disagree because I think that the recent history of LSU would tell that same tale, that LSU had so much talent these past couple of years, 2020 and 2021, and they don't have a lot to show for it. It's frustrated me over the past couple of years, and I'm sure it's frustrated you as well. So I don't completely disagree with that. Um, Making that a blanket statement about LSU as a whole, I don't think is necessarily fair. 
But I would say in terms of at least the past couple of years, if you're going to project the next three years, you can look back on the last three years and you would say, okay, there's two years of really great talent and, you know, six and six seasons to show for it, other than the national championship, of course. Obviously, you can't forget about that one. Now, can you? But goes on to say that the new addition of Brian Kelly, calls him an excellent coach, um, is determined to add a national championship to his profile, of course. He's come so close throughout his tenure at Notre Dame. Hasn't quite been able to hoist the college football trophy, but that's his number one goal at LSU. It's something that he's made very, very clear from the get-go, and it's something that I don't think Scott Woodward would have hired Brian Kelly if that wasn't at least goal number one. Says Brian Kelly is also the first LSU boss in recent memory with a direct background in coaching quarterbacks, which is something that isn't new to any of us. Other than 2019, of course, and other than the Jamarcus Russell days, LSU hasn't had a bona fide SEC caliber, first round caliber quarterback. They've got all of this talent on defense, wide receivers, running backs, offensive linemen defensive backs. I mean, so much talent on this team and the quarterback, at least in the past, you know, five to 10 years, of course, you know, a a few outliers, but overall, I would say that's a very fair criticism of LSU as a whole. So they haven't had the quarterback talent to match up with the talent of the rest of the team. So of course, adding Brian Kelly would make you feel a lot better about who is going to be under center and the talent they can have under center and goes on to list, you know, very talented players that will be with LSU with Keishon Boutte and with Jack Besh and John Emery Jr. Noah Kane adding to the running back group, Makai Wingo, Jared Bernard Converse list, all of these very talented players that will be wearing the purple and gold for LSU coming up in the fall. And, you know, I would highly recommend that you go check out the article. It's on ESPN plus. It's an interesting read, not just about LSU, not just to hear about what Adam Rittenberg thinks about this LSU team, but also his college football as a whole. I say all of this to say, this article has LSU listed on average as the 10th best team in college football over the next three years. So my question to you is, is that good enough? Is 10th best team in the country good enough? Because I look at the teams above LSU and I don't have a ton to disagree with in the, in the, at least in the top half of this Alabama number one, I think it's hard to argue with that, seeing as though Alabama has run the table at least the past three years, even more so. I see Georgia, okay, you know, your most recent national champion, can feel good about what Kirby Smart's building over in Athens, okay. I see Ohio State, I see Texas A&M at four, which is something that I want to talk about later. Um, and that's a, another frustrating thing to see here. I see Clemson at five. I see Notre Dame at six. Again, I have thought on that that I want to get to, but right now I want to focus on LSU because if Alabama is one and Texas A&M is four and Georgia is two, that's essentially this article is telling you, don't expect LSU to compete for an SEC championship. And if you can't compete for an SEC championship, don't expect LSU to compete for a national championship. Because 10th best in the country doesn't mean that in the next three years, LSU will be competing for the SEC West, will be competing for the SEC, will be competing for a national championship. Because 10th best doesn't get you to the college football playoff. Third best in the SEC West doesn't have you competing for the SEC West. 
or for an SEC championship, especially with Georgia being in that list at two. And let's look at some teams of the past. This past year in 2021, the 10th best team in the country was Oklahoma, who went 11-2, and beat Oregon in the Alamo Bowl. 2020, 10th best team in the country, Iowa State, who went 8-3. and three. Of course, 2020 was a weird year, so you only played 10 regular season games. So 8-3, and three, beat Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. 2019, 10th best team, Minnesota, 11-2, and two, beat Auburn in the Outback Bowl. I'll take it one year further in 2018. 10th best team, Washington State, went 11-2, and two, beat Iowa State and the Alamo Bowl. So that's essentially we can use the past to protect the future. So this would mean LSU would go, you know, 10-2 and two in the regular season, um, go to a decent bowl and, you know, beat a decent team in a decent bowl, have an 11-2 and two season with a bowl win under their belts, or maybe not, you know, going to a bowl. But that's not a consistent and also, I do want to point out, being the 10th best team in the country, like let's say LSU is 10-2 and two versus in the SEC and in the SEC West, I would have to think that that would be, you know, graded a little bit higher. I think nationally that would be taken a little bit more seriously. If you're looking at Alabama and Texas A&M possibly being those two losses in LSU's schedule, at least the way that the SEC is constructed now, you could look at that and say, okay, well, if Alabama and Texas A&M are, you know, one of the top four teams in the country, LSU can't be too far behind. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt, considering these teams, you know, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Minnesota, Washington State, although all Power Five schools and all play in competitive conferences, none are nearly as competitive as the SEC. And as we know, that's something that the College Football Playoff Committee weighs is difficulty of schedule. So a little bit of an asterisk there, but I think that's enough of a sample size to kind of show us that 10th best team in the country means that you win about 10 regular season games, you lose about two of them, and you go to a bowl game, but you're not competing for a championship. I don't think Brian Kelly was brought in to be the head coach of the LSU Tigers to not at least be competing for a national championship within the next three years. So I want to hear from you guys on Twitter, on YouTube, whatever that might be. Is this good enough for you? Is 10th best in the country good enough for you? Because if you told me right now that at the end of this season, LSU would be a top 10 team in college football, I would say sign me the heck up. But over the next three years, in my opinion, it's just not good enough. That's just not good enough when the standard is championships. When the standard is national championships, SEC championships, consistently beating the best talent in the SEC and in the SEC West, 10th best just won't be good enough for me. And maybe that's harsh. Maybe you're listening to me and saying, no, 10th best is totally fine. But whenever you bring in a coach like Brian Kelly, I think you're making your priorities known. In a fan base like LSU, our priorities are known. LSU football is a national powerhouse for a reason because LSU competes for championships and when you're the 10th best team in the country you're not competing for championships all that to say I have some big time questions and you could even go as far as to say big time issues with this list so I want to get into that coming up next before we do that I want to tell y'all about bet online because it is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information They've got everything. You can find the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news. They've got this year's NHL playoffs, which just wrapped up. The Colorado Avalanche 
hoisted the Stanley Cup at the end of this past season. So congratulations to Colorado because that was a very well-earned championship. But BetOnline.net also has Major League Baseball as well, which has been where all of my batting dollars have gone to over the past couple of days with no basketball, no hockey, you know, just some NFL futures. So I put some good money on MLB over the past couple of days. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information. They've got live betting, esports, and scores. Plus, they remain the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, news, and everything else that you might need this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events. It's a one-stop shop. Plus, they've got you might not find in other sports books. They've got MMA, boxing, and golf. You name it, they've got it. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Well, thank you for making Locked On LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. I was just breaking down Adam Rittenberg's three-year projection of college football. Where can we expect to see, you know, on average over the next couple of years, each of these teams flying? And I said that LSU sitting at 10 just doesn't cut it for me. Um, I At least in three years, LSU needs to show signs, legitimate signs of competing for a championship. And the 10th best team in the country just doesn't do that. But all of that to say, all respect to Adam Rittenberg. I've listed, I, I've, I read several of his articles um, as a person that I follow very closely. However, I think that this list is completely short-sighted, I would have to say. It's a crystal ball list. So, of course, you know, you got to take those things with a grain of salt, not just with this article, but with everything. Future odds on, on, on sports books, so on and so forth. I think for being a crystal ball list, and to take one of those risks to kind of, you know, plan out a three-year future, it's too rooted in the past. It's too rooted in what these teams have done, not the changes that these teams have made or the recruits that these teams have gotten. It's not enough for me to get too riled up about, which is, you're probably rolling your eyes because it just got all riled up for like 10 minutes about this list and where LSU is. But I think that's also my, my second message to you. If you're upset about where LSU is listed, if you're going to look at this and say, well, LSU is only going to be the 10th best team in the country, so you know Brian Kelly is a bust, whatever, 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 whatever you could be thinking. I don't think that you should be upset because I think this list is way too rooted in what teams have accomplished, what teams have done. The um, 
things that they've accomplished over the past couple of years rather than what they will. And I'll use a couple examples of that. First and foremost, this list has Notre Dame listed at six. And you would say, well, yeah, Notre Dame has consistently been either in the college football playoff or they're knocking on the door. You know, they're either that fourth team in or they're right on the outside at five or six or seven or eight. They're consistently top 10. And, you know, they, they play enough, um, they play a difficult enough schedule to be considered one of the best teams in the country. But I don't think that this list takes into account enough of the changes that are going on at Notre Dame. They just lost their coach. They just lost the most winningest coach in Notre Dame history. So when you say, well, why? Why is that an issue? Because Notre Dame's usually right around that area. Well, the coach that got them to that area, to the four, five, six range of college football playoffs, isn't there. They have a first-year head coach, an incredibly young head coach. And let me start this by, and let me preface by, by saying, I believe in Marcus Freeman. I think that he's going to be a great coach. I think that he's going to be able to get some big-time recruits. He already has. I do believe that Notre Dame does have a bright future with Marcus Freeman at the helm. However, sixth best in the country over the next three years with a, a young first-time head coach that's inheriting one of the most storied college football programs in history, I think is way too much of what Notre Dame has done and not what they can do under Marcus Freeman. So that's one side of it. Another side of this list, and I know it, this, this tastes like vinegar coming out of my mouth, and I'm sure you're going to hate listening to it too. Texas isn't on this list. Texas has two of the three quarterbacks ever in recruiting ranking history to have a perfect recruiting ranking, a perfect 100% five-star ranking in Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning, both of which will likely start for the University of Texas within the next three years. And you don't think there are other four and five-star quarterbacks that are, go or excuse me, four and five-star players that are going to want to commit to the University of Texas to play with these quarterbacks? You don't think that there's a five-star wide receiver out there in the 2023 class that says, you know what, I, you know, I was getting offered a lot of money at Texas A&M or I was looking around at the West Coast, but I'm going to go to Texas because I want to catch passes from Arch Manning because I want to go to the NFL and I know all eyes will be on Arch Manning. Don't you think that's probably going to be the case? Don't you think that Texas will likely make leaps and bounds over the next three years at least? horns down, but let's, let's, you know, use some critical thinking here. And then you really don't even have to dig that deep to see that Texas should be and most likely will be a top 25 team within the next three years. And I do have to preface this by saying that this list was published before Arch Manning committed to Texas, but he didn't take Arch Manning out of it. Quinn Ewers alone is the kind of player that a five-star wide receiver is going to commit to Texas too, so he can catch balls from him. So with Notre Dame being incredibly overvalued, in, in my opinion, where everything stands right now, it's based on what Notre Dame has been. There's no projection of Texas being in the top 25, even though they have a five-star, two five-star quarterbacks coming in. One's there, one's coming in. They have two five-star quarterbacks in their quarterback room. And they're not listed in this projected top 25 because Texas hasn't been 
consistently a top 25, a national championship contender over the past three years or over the past four or five, however, whatever, you know, timeline you want to use. I think it's too much rooted in what's happened and not what's to come. And that's where I come back to LSU because I look at it and say, sure. I mean, I 10th isn't good enough for me, but as Adam Rittenberg, and I, I do want to say like all respect to Adam Rittenberg, he, puts, he does a really good job, but is Adam Rittenberg not looking enough at what LSU can do, what Brian Kelly can bring, what this team, the once they have somebody in here, now that they have somebody in here, that can unlock the talent that's recruited to LSU. And that's making a big assumption that Brian Kelly can do that. So if such, when Brian Kelly is able to truly unlock all of the talent that comes into LSU, don't you think they could be better than a top 10 team? win totals over under win totals for lsu coming up this episode is brought to you by bet online so i'm going to break down the win totals for for lsu via bet online is that good enough for us would you put some money on the over would you put some money on the under so let's talk betting i'm going to get into that coming up next after a couple words from our sponsors it's kubota orange day shop the years of best selection of kubota tractors zero turn mowers and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the usa and now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Well, thank you for making Lockdown LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And Bet Online has released their odds for win totals in college football. So, of course, like I did with that last article, I scrolled right to LSU just to see, you know, what the win totals would be. So via Bet Online, they have LSU currently listed at six and a half wins. Okay. Made me a little bit nervous when I first saw that. But I want to hear your thoughts about it. Um, six and a half wins. I am an avid sports better. I love sports betting. So I'll put my money down on the table down. I'm taking the over on that total. LSU has a murderer's row schedule. LSU is not starting their season off with a cupcake. Starting their season off with Florida State, which... That's also a question mark. And you look of, you know, how successful that team can be. Once October 1st hits, LSU has a freaking murderer's row. At Auburn, hosting Tennessee. At Florida, hosting Ole Miss. Hosting Alabama. At Arkansas. You got that, you know, the nice little vacation against UAB. And then you travel to College Station to take on Texas A&M. That is a freaking difficult schedule. But that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. I think they can win at least half of those games, in, including the UAB game. So let's say it's seven games against Auburn, Tennessee, Florida, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Alabama, Texas A&M. I think LSU can win at least half of those games. And then you add in the cupcakes of UAB and Co. and Southern University. I don't know disrespect to Southern, but 
that should be a win against a, a win for LSU. I mean, that's already, so let's say, you know, four wins plus those cupcakes, that's seven wins already right there. And that's not counting in Mississippi State, and that's not counting in uh, any other games that LSU could steal in that really difficult stretch. So just looking at the schedule alone and what I know and have heard and have read about these teams in their off seasons, I think LSU can get to seven wins. So just, you know, using the schedule as a guideline, I think that's possible. On the other end of that, I think Brian Kelly and this coaching staff as a, I mean, this is, I don't want to call it a prove it year because it's his first year, you know, you're laying the foundation, but I think this is almost like a prove it to LSU fans that Brian Kelly can be the leader of this football team because I know when he was first hired, and even now, the concerns of of his recruiting, um, it was there when he got hired, and it's kind of come back up. I and mean, that's another thing that I want to get to later this week is the uh, Brian Kelly recruiting concerns that I've heard throughout the LSU fan base. Um, but I think it's a prove it to the fan base that he can do this, that he can win games, that he can recruit good talent both in and out of the state of Louisiana and win games and you know make a statement in the SEC. I think it's also a prove it the rest of college football, that, yeah, he was able to do it at Notre Dame. Level up the degree of difficulty, and he's able to do it at LSU. So it's almost like a middle finger to everyone who said he couldn't do it, and it's a prove it to himself that he can. And I don't think that you get that kind of, you know, the last laugh when you win fewer than six games or, or six games itself, six or fewer games. I think in order, I think Brian Kelly knows what he needs to do this season. And it doesn't have to be a 12-0 season. You don't have to beat Alabama and go to the SEC championship this year. I'd love that. I would welcome that wholeheartedly. I don't think Brian Kelly thinks that that's the expectation this year. Of course, shoot the moon. But I do think that the expectation, in fact, it'd be pretty, you know, convinced to say that I know that the expectation is more than just six wins for all of those reasons that I just listed for himself, for the fan base, for college football as a whole, and for laying the foundation of the future of LSU football. Because if Brian Kelly wins six games or fewer, that's sending a message that can he do this? Can he coach in the SEC? Is that that monkey on his back of Nick Saban going to continue to be there throughout his tenure at LSU? All of those, con- those questions will continue to come up. And I think Brian Kelly knows that. And he wants to silence the haters in year one. So for so many reasons, I take the over. I'm putting my money on the over on BetOnline's uh, current over-under win total for LSU set at six and a half. I'm taking the over. Even if it's seven, that's an over. Um, I'd love more than seven wins, but I do think it's it's realistic that seven could be, you know, a, a, a number that LSU can hit this year. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every day. Coming up tomorrow, um, I will break down some new faces in LSU baseball, what Jay Johnson has been cooking up, as well as what Miles Brennan has to say about his unorthodox career so far at LSU. He spoke at a Manning Passing Academy, so we'll break down what Miles Brennan, potential starting LSU quarterback, had to say over this past weekend. 
But you can get more on the SEC by making Locked on LSC at Locked on SEC your second listen. Every day, host Chris Gordy and the local experts of Locked on take you across the SEC in 30 minutes. Make Locked on SEC your second listen. Locked on SEC. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.